Hey, welcome to the Fox Friday feature uh, here on SwapMotoLive.com. I'm Don Maeda, and I have uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki's Adam Cincerillo on the phone. Whoa. What buddy. up? <laughs> so, uh, man, you're, you're what, like a week post-surgery right now on the collarbone? Yeah, so I had surgery, uh, I guess it would be the Tuesday after Dallas. So about a week and a half post-op right now, and it, it feels pretty normal, to be honest. I uh, The first couple of days where it was just kind of like a normal surgery where it, it hurts and you can't do much, and then after that, it, it's really started um, coming around pretty quickly. I, I haven't had a collarbone injury where I've had to, or really any injury where I've had to plate the bone, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's come along pretty quickly, so pretty excited. Yeah, from what I understand, like I've I've got plates on both sides of mine, but my doctor says, like, from the minute you wake up, it's as strong as it's ever going to be. Um, and the the pain that you have to deal with is simply the incision, right? So, Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, too, it helps when the bone is more is more dense and more put together. So the, the, the plate isn't necessarily the only thing holding it together. Yeah. That's basically the only reason why I'm not on a dirt bike right now is just because I, uh, you know, I want the bone to be a little bit stronger. But pretty crazy what doctors can do these days yeah right it's like whatever That's... happened to uh <laughs> old-fashioned cast and time you know everybody just gets bolted back together right away yeah and you you hear stories so many guys breaking their collarbones and then like riding the next week it's nuts mm-hmm. you know i think uh so you got hurt on saturday and uh operate on tuesday you said yeah yep. so how much pain was involved like when you woke up uh, pain involved, like from, from the crash, like in between from, the crash and the surgery. No, no. When you woke up from surgery, like what? it was pretty, man, it, it hurt pretty bad, but I didn't, uh, just to kind of speed everything up. Cause like in my mind, right. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm racing, I'm racing Daytona. You know, I, I, that that's obviously that's not going to happen, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to get back out there as quick as possible. So I didn't take any, um, pain medicine. Mm-hmm. or anything like that so that was the roughest part i think just like the nighttime and trying to sleep and i'd say the first 48 hours were pretty i feel like i have a pretty high pain tolerance but it was it was pretty uncomfortable yeah um i think a lot yeah, of it but, has a lot of it has to do with uh i think how quickly you have the surgery because um yeah first first time i broke my collarbone my doctor is like oh it's it's really positioned well you know, we'll just throw you in this brace and it'll heal on its own, you know, six weeks. So, you know, I was just going to let it heal the natural way. And I didn't like that brace, you know, those, that figure eight brace that they put you in. Yep. Yeah. It makes you strut around like Jeff Emig with your chest out. Yeah. But uh, I was like, dude, this brace sucks. And he's like, oh, if it's that brace is only meant to like alleviate the pain. If it doesn't help, don't you don't have to wear it. Oh, okay. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So like. Dude, six weeks later, I go to him for a checkup, and I think I'm going to get, uh, you know, re- released. And he x-rays me and goes, oh, shit, it moved. It's like not even touching now. And so then I had to have surgery then, you know. and, and No man, way. I will say, when I woke up from that surgery, it was the, the worst pain. I mean, probably my, my ACL surgery on my knee a few years earlier hurt worse, but I was jacked up. I mean, they had to, like, send me home with that, you know, the uh, – the ice chest with the tubes oh, on yeah. it and the pump. Oh yeah, I know that well. Yeah, I was like sitting there with that thing on my shoulder and like it was it was bad, man. That that surgery hurt a lot. So then, you know, a couple of years ago, I uh, I broke my other collarbone 
and it was on a Sunday. And I, I fortunately, uh, I'm blessed to be, you know, personal friends with Dr. Baum. So I call him and I go, dude, I broke my collarbone. And he goes, Dad, don't even go to the ER. Just come see me tomorrow. So I got operated on the next day. And right. the craziest thing about that is I woke up and I felt super, you know, I was like waiting to be in all that pain again. And, uh, yeah, I think totally. you're, you, I think you were not believing me when we were texting when I told you like, dude, I rode skyline the next day after that's my surgery, insane. but it's so crazy that it didn't hurt the second one. But yeah, see that's, it is weird because mine, I definitely wasn't doing anything. Like I, I didn't even leave the house for two days. Yeah. So I guess that should tell you, but I did do my, I, I had a pretty good, I broke mine in like four places. Mm, bunch so of it was, yeah, it was pretty, um, it was painful, man. Every time I was before I got it worked on those couple days, like oh yeah, you hear, I could hear feel the bones on. rubbing together and stuff. It's unfortunate, but hey, it could have been a lot worse. So yeah, yeah. So oh, looking back at the crash, you know, at Arlington, you you missed the last little bit of that dragon's back and just yep. Poof, yep. right over. And uh, I know when right when it happened, Anton texted me. He goes, "Oh shit, AC went down." And the way he stood up and just walked away, he goes, "He's hurt. Something's wrong." Yeah, but uh, so I, I get I assume as soon as you hit, you knew that the collarbone was snapped. Yeah, well, I initially was like I thought I was fine because I I just wanted to get off the track and so I kind of just ran down the side of the jump and kind of sat down on the concrete there and, and uh, I kind of took a couple of breaths and felt okay initially and then I kind of felt something with my like in that area, like the collarbone shoulder area. And I've had a lot of shoulder dislocations. So that my initial thought was I dislocated it. Like it didn't feel completely out, yeah. but it felt like something was like, I just needed to kind of like hit it up against the wall basically. So I started flailing my arm around oh, like how to like, cause <laughs> See to if try it to get back it, in. Yeah. To get it to pop back in. And <laughs> yeah, obviously it turns out it was just a collarbone. And, and honestly it was, it was so bittersweet because I was so glad it wasn't my shoulder. Yeah, collarbone will and heal. A lot I was quicker. almost. I was weird. It was weird feelings because I was so bummed out that I made that mistake and ended up there. But at the same time, I was like, man, it's four weeks. I mean, that's you know, that's nothing. So yeah. it was one of those deals where um, I wish I could just. The dragon's back was built weird. The, yeah, did the have a, it had an extra step in or something? Yep, it had an extra step in for whatever reason. I don't know who in who would build it like that but they built the the top whoops smaller than the rest which is like you're just trying to get somebody to do a couple front flips you know i yeah. think there was you know obviously uh cooper had that crash over it yeah and a few other guys i think dakotas and brayton but um i was i was hitting it fine in the free practice and in the in the beginning of qualifying but yeah, when you when you have a small whoop on the top like that, sometimes the the second to last whoop you hit low, and then you end up having to kind of wheel tap off the top. Yeah, and which is normally fine, but when I did it that time, um, I was in second gear and I was revved out a little bit too much. So when I needed the bike to kind of squirt me off, it I was out of gear, and mm. so I just spun and went and went straight down. So. Yeah, that's the way it happened. If I could have, you know, if I could wind back the clock, I'd just hit the thing a third, and it wouldn't even matter. I'd really the whole damn thing. <laughs> well, it says something for the the design of the thing. If it took out, you know, yeah, two no, of the it top was top contenders. You know, <clears throat> honestly, I I should have just somebody should have said something initially, and I I, I probably should have because I saw it in track walk, and I was thinking to myself, like, what are these? I mean, these guys have been building tracks forever, and 
what's this thing you know so but hey it, you know nobody's perfect it is what it is and and ultimately it's my job to be you know good enough to get over the obstacle in a safe fashion so um it's all good okay so uh you had seven rounds in the book uh before you were injured two podiums you know two awesome second place finishes how how do you feel about your rookie 450 season thus far <clears throat> obviously i feel i mean i would feel great about it if i was still racing i mean that's the only real thing that i'm bummed on is the fact that uh, it was a really big goal of mine to be at every race and to be you know battling every weekend but as far as my results when i've been on the track and my riding and everything that i guess i've expected i feel pretty satisfied with where i am i think uh with that being said i feel like i mean that comes with knowing that I have more, you know, that I think that's part of the reason why I feel so good about it is, is knowing that I have more. And, but to me, um, I guess, I don't know, I guess I was a little bit more faster than I thought I'd be to, you know, if you would ask me before the season, I would have honestly answered you, which I wouldn't have, mm -hmm. but I, I'm a little, I was a little bit more, I guess, competitive than I thought. I mean, you know, I'm one mistake away from winning Anaheim and then, uh, you know, Webb rode great in San Diego, but still mm -hmm. right there. Um, then, and even my bad, my bad finishes, it's not like I was really riding bad, you know, it's just mistakes and, and rookie stuff, but I've never, I'm yet to go to a race and uh, actually besides a two, I rode bad there, but besides that, I feel great about my, I guess my riding and my overall, um, competitiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, you know, we on Mondays we do this like wrap up podcast where Anton and I BS about the races, and I've I've said all along I, I go, man, Adam, if he gets his first win out of the way, it's going to just open the floodgates, and you're going to be a guy that knocks off a whole bunch of them. I still feel that way. You know, even though you're injured and you're going to miss some rounds, I mean, you're going to have plenty of the season left, and I think now especially now you have no points to worry about or you don't have anything to lose. Do you think you might be faster when you come back? It's hard to say. I mean, that's my goal is I don't want to come back and, and go out there and my, you know, it's one thing I, I say seventh or eighth and I don't mean any disrespect by that, but I'm capable of more and I, I don't want to, you know, go back and just be like seventh or eighth place speed and just kind of go through the motions or whatever. When I, when I do race again, I'm going to be in a spot where um, I, I feel, at least for the most part, that I'll be prepared to battle, you know, where I was before. Yeah. Um, but to your point, I think faster, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily, necessarily thought I had anything to lose before. Um, it's just not, I've kind of developed this more offensive mentality, I guess you would say. I'm, I'm kind of always trying to win and not trying not trying to not lose, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. A little bit of a tongue twister, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I would love to get my first win out of the way here in these last, you know, whatever six races I'll have when I get back, because I think that puts me in a good spot going into next year, you know, and, and knowing that I can win and um, getting that one off my off my chest and i think too you've seen a lot of guys in the past like even look at webb last year man once he finished once he figured out how to win yeah it's like the skills there you know so obviously it's not going to happen every time but he's going to win a lot and i think i'm so close to figuring out how to you know how to win and 
Um, so I was so, so that's the first thing I said when I went down it at Dallas, man, I'm like, God, I'm so close. It's like, it's, it's like on the tip of your tongue, you know, you like, you can feel it coming. Yeah. Like, you can feel it. So, um, yeah, but the way I look at that and I think this season in general, it's like, everybody's waiting for me to win. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're, you have a lot of, you know, people with a lot of faith in you. And I think what's kept me from from I guess getting discouraged is just my mentality is to just to be the best I can be every weekend. And I, I can't lose if I do that, you know, yeah. I, and that's how I'm going to continue to look at it. I mean, even if I, hell, I could not win this year, not win next year. And I would still look at it the same way. And I think if I continue that mentality, I'm going to reach my potential quicker than if I was super out of it. I'm like, okay, now, you know, now's the time to get a win. Now's the time to get a win. <laughs> Cause I've been that way before. And it actually, in 2018, if you remember, um, remember Aaron Plessinger won the won the West Coast title, and I got second. I didn't win until the last round of the year. Yeah, and it's because every round I was going in thinking to myself, "Gotta win, gotta, gotta win. win this one, <laughs> gotta win." So I think I just need to focus on putting my best out there. Okay, so you obviously have have the speed, as evidenced by all the top qualifying positions, right? Yeah. What is missing right now? Is it is is it is your racecraft lacking? Is it rookie mistakes? Um, no, I, I think it's just a general. Uh, I mean, it's it's adapting for one because I I think that the these four fifty main events, man, that the track is it's been said a bunch, but the the tracks break down a lot, and it's the last the last like five or six laps, like the the two races that I lost. Uh, like the two races I had a chance to win, yeah. I guess you would say. I and I guess you would count Oakland in there too because I was up there. But uh, it's it just it's lack of lack of adapting. Uh, although I will say in San Diego, I felt good about that performance because I did move around and I did try a bunch of stuff. I just simply wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I think it's just a I don't know a part of it's confidence too, you know, and just knowing that you're the guy. And I think once i once i win and once i feel like i'm like i can like it's repeatable yeah like, like you said you just get that feeling dude i, um, I can't wait for that minute I yeah can't, i, I can't wait for that because you're you're gonna be one of the dudes i would yeah i mean off. yeah but it's it's even crazy you know i haven't won yet and obviously the championships points are are gone now or whatever but just to be like I just love being a part of these races, you know, and mm-hmm. just being a part of the battle and it, the, like the main show, you yeah. know, it's, it's been fun so far, but I, I certainly, I'm really, really encouraged about what I've done so far, even though it's not the best I'm capable of. Yeah. What's I, it, it hasn't been, I, I've failed, I've failed in the right ways, if that makes <laughs> sense. Um. Hey, what is it like? You, you just alluded to it. You're in the main show now, right? So like, what was it like, uh, Anaheim one being part of opening ceremonies and, and, you know, being in the premiere show. Was it well, kind of- it was, it was pretty overwhelming. I mean, I mean, it's hard because you want to act like you've been there before. Right. And you got, you know, I had, you know, it's, it's my job and, and I I've known for a long time that I was going to be there and doing it. So you're always expecting that of yourself. So it's not like, total fanboy status but <laughs> it is cool just because i have been thinking about it for so long and then you know you do it and you just don't know how it's going to feel and 
I mean, every time I'm out for opening ceremonies now, I always, I always laugh at myself because I notice myself smiling under my helmet so much. <laughs> and that's, that's legit. Like, I just can't. It's just such a cool experience. Like, I'm still at a point now, every time I go up for opening ceremonies, I'm like, you know, fucking stoked. Yeah. So, um, no, it's been, it's been cool, like I said, just to be a part of, like, the main show. Hey, so I know that, you know, obviously you're, you're of this talent level that I can't comprehend, but like when you're in opening ceremonies and you're riding with just that spotlight on there, do you ever like trip out? Like you don't want to fall down in front of everybody cause you can't see or like, yeah, I always think, doing, I always think doing the wheelies in the dark. Yeah. I always think of James doing a, doing the uh, nose wheelie and then endowing. And I think that was in like Oh seven. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I did almost spin out on the concrete uh, at Tampa. Actually, like having to, I had to do a little S turn to get onto the track, and uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of gave her a little bit too much gas. But uh, I, I've been meaning to. I need to have something else in my repertoire because I, I don't want to catch too much air out there with just a spotlight. Yeah, and I only have like the fist pump when I stop on the you know face of a jump and look at the crowd. <laughs> so I need, to, I need to figure something else out. Or you take some dance classes or something, AC. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, so how is uh, how's the bike for you? Are you completely dialed in on it now? Or are you still trying to get yeah, things set it, up? We're always we're always improving. You know, it's always uh, I guess to, for lack of a better term. I mean, I hate to be cliche, but it's a continuing learning process, both for the team and getting to know me, and me getting to know the bike and. Also, my riding's evolving, and mm-hmm. I'm going faster, and uh, we're going, you know, different tracks and and what have you. So, me being able to give those guys the correct information, um, I think I've been getting a little bit better at that. Um, and then just the relationship with those guys, just getting, you know, more comfortable and closer and closer. Not that it was ever, you know, not comfortable, but just just learn each other really well, and um, I feel like it's just continued to get better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think we've we've reached a plateau yet with myself or the bike. I think it can it can still continue to go, you know, in a good direction. Is your bike uh, quite a bit different as far as setup from Eli's? Yeah, I mean, obviously Eli's on KYB. I'm on Showa, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably quite a bit different. I know we ride the bike a lot differently. You know, you ever watch Eli, and he's just you know, hammering the clutch and, and man, he carries so much speed and gets on the gas so hard at the end of the corners. And I'm a little bit more of like a roll speed guy, mm-hmm. I think, um, than he is. So we're going to have our different tendencies, but, um, yeah, if I wanted to set my bike up like him, I'm going to need some more days in the gym. That dude's strong. <laughs> hey, have you had to change your, uh, uh, riding style quite a bit to go from having to almost override a 250 because of your size to, being on a bike with an abundance of power. You know what's crazy is, and this might sound a little bit odd, but I've always been one to think, I, and it's something that I've worked on, honestly, trying to be a little bit more present-minded, but I've always thought so much about the future. And so, like last year, even I kind of decided, before anybody else really even decided for me, that I wanted to ride a 450. Like I, I was, 2019 was going to be my last year on 250s, and I knew that before anybody else did. And I, so I immediately then I start thinking to myself, like, how's it, how's it going to be? What do I need to do? Like, what, you know, what, what do I need to improve in? Where do I need to get stronger? And I think just from being such a student of the sport and watching so many guys transition before me and, 
and kind of just always thinking about it. I think naturally when I got on the bike, it, it didn't, when I got on the 450, like, yes, I did change my style, but it almost felt, it felt like natural for me. Like I had been there before in a mm-hmm. sense, just because I, I put a lot of thought into it, you know, cause that's the, the top level of the sport. That's where I want to be the best at. So i I mean, I've been thinking about that for a long time and, yeah. um, I guess I did adapt a little bit quicker than maybe I thought I would. Mm-hmm. So but, yeah, go ahead. Go, adapting from a 250F to a 450F, was that a bigger jump than it was, say, when you were a kid and you went from like the 85 to the 125? Mm, well, that's a, that's a tough trip. I would say, like, I only rode the 125 a little bit, but when I, like, I would say I just went from, from super minis or whatever to to 250s and and that was definitely a bigger transition i think than than the 450 yeah but it it definitely took me a good month maybe even six weeks to be where i felt like really just before monster cup a week and a half or two weeks before monster cup like i felt i started feeling pretty good Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that's if you would consider that a long time or a short time but that's about how long it took me to feel like i was competitive Mm mm-hmm Hey, when you watch uh, when you watch races and stuff on TV, are you used to seeing yourself as nine now? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's funny. It, you know, if I was ninety two all along and I just turned pro and I was ninety two, just like amateurs, I think it would be really odd. Uh-huh. But I I only had ninety two for for twenty eighteen and and twenty nineteen. So, um, man, I was I was just ready for a new chapter. So I was. I'm stoked to see the nine always. I I love a single digit number. I'm I'm glad I did that. I think there's a lot of people, even in my even in my corner, even my agent was like, "You are not, like at Indiana National, at, you know, at Ironman after I won the championship." He's I'm like, oh, single digits open. That nine looks good, and <laughs> Tedesco was there too. And I was like, "What do you think?" I he's like, "You got it, man. That's all you if you want it." And I'm like, yeah. And my agent's like, "Don't you dare! Like bad for branding, you know." <laughs> and I'm like, "You know what? I'm I'm." I decided I was on vacation a week later. I decided, you know what? I'm going for it. You know, yeah. this is what I want. And, um, yeah, it was, that was a cool decision. I, I like it. So who, uh, who tweaked your nine? Cause I know at first you just had it stuff, right? Yeah. So Fox like is, has designed pretty much all the, the, I guess the number nine so far. And, uh, yeah, so they've revised it, you know, uh, clay over there mainly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and some of the other guys that I'm sure I'm leaving out, but yeah, so we've done a little bit of revision. It's a little bit skinnier now um than Ivan's, but it's it's using the same type of uh kind of the same font style as most people can tell. Yeah. So I'm open to, you know, continuing to tweak in the future, but I just wanted to keep it simple for you know, for I was more worried about other stuff than how my <laughs> yeah. how my nine was looking. <laughs> For sure. It just gets, it's so crazy. Like on those, uh, rare days, I think I was at one of the tracks and, and Ivan was there too. <laughs> it was just like, Whoa, what? Yeah, I know. I know it is crazy. I mean, Ivan will always be, you know, he'll always be nine, but I'm just uh, glad I can, you know, carry the torch. Yeah. So I hear you have, uh, some new AC nine, like merch or casual. apparel coming. Oh up. yeah. Lincoln bio, bro. Oh, is it out now? Lincoln bio. Yeah, no, it's been out. Oh, ah, okay. So, and it's different than the stuff the guys buy at the, uh, the fan. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I'm just doing, um, Ken, um, Ken Roxon and I as well, 
we're both kind of doing our own merch deals mm-hmm. instead of, you know, that deal that um, Feld does at the races, essentially. Yeah. So we're just, it's kind of, yeah, just running our own program a little bit. And I think, um, you know, it's cool that Feld does that, but it's cool that we have the freedom to, to do it ourselves as well. I mean, I know it kind of sucks for some of the fans that can't buy it at the races, but uh, a lot of the stuff is, I mean, I know if I'm buying a shirt, I'm buying it online, you know, and if, especially if I'm going to like a, you know, I'm a big Houston Texans fan, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm going to go to a Houston Texans game, I'm a, I'm going to buy a Deshaun Watson jersey online before I go, you know, because I want to rep him. So I kind of <laughs> think think the, the same way. Yeah. Even though I do already have a Deshaun Watson jersey, I, I don't need one. Do you, do you wear it to the games? Well, I haven't. I haven't. I actually haven't been to a regular season NFL football game, but yeah. uh, sometimes I wear it on Sundays, you know, just to rep. Okay, so let's get your take on it. What do you think of the pickup kit? Like, why? Like, it's totally acceptable. And normal to see a guy or girl, anyone wear basketball, football, hockey jersey, out in public, you know, at the games, wherever, right? But how right. come, like, I always crack up at guys in motocross jerseys at the races or, you know, you see someone in a grocery store? Yeah. I I mean, what do I think about it? I think it's corny as shit. <laughs> okay, good. I think I, – I don't know. There's something about – there's something about – um, team sports that make it okay, like it's not all about you. Yeah, kind of. I don't, that's the way I look at it. When I like when I see a fourteen-year-old kid in, uh, you know, baseball attire in Subway or whatever, I'm not thinking to myself, "Man, this guy's full of himself." But uh-huh. when you're wearing your number and your own name, and it's just it's not a part of a team. I just think like I don't know. I'm just trying <laughs> to talk, dude. Uh, so I mean, obviously you've heard the term pickup kit. Did you know that it was I was with Ryan Dungey when we came up with that term. Really? The Dunge. <laughs> the Dunge. Not a, not a shit talker at all. Like, no. In public, opposite. but yeah. Pretty funny. That guy is opposite of shit talker. Yeah. So, hey, how is uh, how's the team dynamic with you and Eli? I thought that, uh, like, this, this off season, there was a couple times when, uh, you know, I, I would see him at K2 or K3 and – you would be at K1, and it seemed like there wasn't a lot of time spent testing together. No, we, we rode quite a bit together. I, yeah, I just I like riding different tracks and stuff too a lot. So mm-hmm. sometimes we'd ride different tracks, which is totally fine, but the, definitely not because you know I didn't want to ride with them or vice versa. That was never it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Eli, a lot of people ask me this question. It's funny, but uh, Eli has been awesome. I mean, I <laughs> – I, uh, you know, Eli does his work, right? So Eli's serious and he's maybe not so he doesn't have my personality, right? Like I talk a lot, I'm I'm like outgoing, I goof around, like okay, so he's not like that. But I like learning from people that are great at their jobs. You know, I don't need I don't need Eli to every day I get to the track to give me a hug and a bro down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just stoked to to be there and you know, who am I to judge how somebody else is being? Like he hasn't He's been nothing but cool to me, and we've done motos together. And um, yeah, I mean, he's been nothing but respectful and cool. And I, I learned a lot from being around him, so I've really enjoyed my time. And um, yeah, everybody's been getting been getting along well. Obviously, I wish I was uh, still out there. I wish there were still two Cali's out there on the track, but um, no, nah, man, he's been he's been cool. Yeah. And it's sweet for me too because 
I mean, really, when I look back in my career, I'm going to be able to say, man, I rode with, you know, Ryanville Poto for a majority of my lifetime. And yeah. then I rode with Dungey and Roxon and Tomac, like all these guys that when you look back and, you know, 40 years are still going to be awesome. So yeah. I mean, I hope to be one of those guys. I, I think I can be, but I think it's cool that I've, I, I do my best to be observant and, and see what they do well and, and to, you know, I, I think one day I'm going to be able to put all that together. And that's my, that's my goal is to kind of use all those things and get turned into this unstoppable monster. <laughs> so, you know, what's funny is like, you've, uh, you've always struck me as a super intelligent kid, even when you're like little, you know, we were doing the smarter than a homeschooled fourth grader or whatever it was. Oh, but, yeah. But, oh, yeah. but I mean, you had these rad opportunities to be around the best guys in the world from the time you were on 85, you know, like when you're, yeah. you were training at RV's place with him and Weimer and, and those guys. And it's just, it's crazy to think that you've been around greatness your whole life and you've been, you know, knowing you and knowing your personality, you're studying these guys. You're not just hanging out and trying to like make jokes with them. You're watching and you're soaking everything up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it would be, uh, be foolish for me not to I think and more so than anything you just learn how to be a pro and I think that's something that I've learned just more so and I'm applying it more now than even I used to but just just how to deal with certain things and just how there's just so there's a, there's just so many things that you have to I don't know you have to not you have to know to be great right like you can be it's pretty easy to be good like it's pretty easy to be a good pro but it, to reach these guys' level, like somebody like an Eli or a, a, a Villapoto or a Dungy, that that takes a special, special type of person. And mm-hmm. I've seen qualities in all those guys that like you you name those guys right, and they're all so different, like so different. Yeah. But they all have similar qualities. There, this, there's a quality across the board that you have to have to be like that. And I think that's something that maybe. Um, some of those things naturally, like naturally didn't, it's not just how I was. Mm -hmm. So I have to, I had to learn that and I'm still learning how to be that way Mm -hmm. and how to be the most, you know, I guess efficient as I can be. But, um, you know, it's cool that I've had the, the opportunity to, you know, to be in that position. I feel really grateful that I've, that I've been there. Mm -hmm. Hey, so when you're saying you're learning from Eli right now, is it learning from just observing him and watching what he's doing? Yeah, watching yeah. his technique. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. I think I think we'd be foolish to assume it was like, "Hey, Adam, welcome to the team. Watch how I go through this corner." <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Definitely not like that. It's just it's just you be you're around somebody. Um, it would be like, I don't know. It'd be like an intern, right? That like runs and gets coffee and does all this the other different stuff. Like you're you're just the intern is around the the work professional just do, doing their job. Like the the work professional is just doing what they do, mm-hmm. and the intern learns that way. Like not calling myself an intern by any means, I am paid well, but um, I think like it's just seeing how he goes about his process. I think that's the biggest thing, yeah. and. Not to say it's it's you throw a blanket over it and you have because I've seen I mean I can tell you I Ken Roxon is a one eighty complete different than uh, Eli 
you know, in terms of how they go about their business. But look at them both. I mean, they're both, you could argue, equally as good. So there's different ways to go about it. But I think you, you just kind of pick and pull from everybody that you're around and everything that you see and you find what works for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, talk a little bit about working with Nick Way. Um, you know, you guys are pretty close and, you know, you watch, you watch Nick while you're riding and he is just eagle eyes, like following you around the track. <laughs> and, you know, Nick is such a, uh, meticulous guy, you know, like, yeah, he's, I'm still trying to figure him out, man. He's, he's a never ending mystery, but <laughs> man, I, I can't say enough about Nick. I mean, I don't say enough about him. Um, he's always like trying to dodge the spotlight too. He's never trying to get in the camera or, or do anything like that. But, um, like it's just, he genuinely cares about, and, and this might sound a little sensitive, but like he genuinely cares about me and my well being, Right. Mm-hmm. And he's competitive and he wants, and he wants me to win. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's a deeper, it's a deeper level of, I don't know. I guess love there between that. Like he, he's just a he's a super intelligent human being for one, and just the way he articulates himself, I have so much respect for. I don't know. I guess his. He's he's pretty much better than me, at most. Like at just being a human being, right? And so I'm always kind of striving to to be a little bit more like Nick in all aspects, whether it's having more patience or. The way I look at something um, from a mental standpoint, I think he's he's so much more than just somebody that tells me what to do in the gym or on the bicycle or you know tells me to put my outside elbow up. It's it's something that you would have to be a fly on the wall for like a month to to kind of really sense. He's just he's been huge for me. I mean, I would not be a champion right now if I, if it wasn't for him. I, I don't even know, damn, if I, I don't even know where I'd be mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him. He's done. I mean, he's kind of turned my career around, to be honest. Yeah. You know, he's really he's really taught me how to ride a dirt bike again. You know really, what, what's what's funny is like you, if you look at Nick in his uh, career, his stats. You know, I, I was there when he won Millville, but yeah, oh really? But a guy who who didn't win a whole lot of races and and championships. I mean, doesn't mean that he can't be a great coach. Absolutely not. Yeah, and you can tell, dude. I mean, the guy knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. He knows how to win. There's no question. There's uh, you can sense you can sense when somebody is just talking out of their ass, right? And mm-hmm. and doesn't really doesn't really know. I mean, he knows. He just and he, he he's probably still a little bit bummed that he wasn't able to apply everything that he knows because he's so smart. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I was a couple years ago. I'm like, dude, I got all these people around me. I. I'm I'm a smart dude. I'm um I have a lot of talent and I was just in my own head so bad. So bad thinking about everything. Mm-hmm. And he he was me before me. Yeah. And he he can literally like I'll come off of the track and he will tell me what I was thinking on the <laughs> on the right hand and 90 degree corner on lap 4. Like he would I swear to you, he does it every weekend. And sometimes he says stuff like that and I'm like, I don't know how I could do this with anybody else. I mean, he knows me more than I know myself. And sometimes he'll, he'll call out what I'm thinking Yeah. and you know, I'll be, I'll be like, no, no way. And then I'll think about it and be like, no, you were right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you know? So it's the fact that he's been there before and, um, 
he's made the mistakes that makes him so valuable to me. Yeah. You know, he just, and on top of that, dude, he's just such a good dude. I, I really enjoy, he would be one of my best friends if it wasn't, if, you know, there was no, um, I guess business relationship there. I mean, Nick and, and his family have been so nice and kind. And I mean, I look at their, you know, um, their kids, Donovan, Vincent, Ava, I look at them like kind of like siblings, honestly, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm over there all the time. And, um, I've kind of had some, I had some, and I won't go and I don't want to like get too deep or anything, but like I had some, like some family issues these last, you know, couple years and they've mm-hmm. just been, you know, just so there for me and, um, supportive. And I feel like they're kind of my second, my second family. And I, I truly like love them, you know, and it's, yeah. it's cool. To, it's cool to have those, those people in your corner like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, and to think about how busy Nick is, what he has on his plate, right? And he's got you, he's got all the travel, plus he's got the kids and he's got, Oh yeah, his- I know. I'm always giving him a hard time about that. He's always like, you know, checking his, like, basically checking the time like he's got somewhere else to be like it you know he and he hates when i say that too because i know he tries really hard to stay in the moment but i'm like dude you need to enjoy life a little bit like you got to chill out like yeah. i know you got stuff to do but yeah no he's always going a million miles an hour yeah but i mean he's like he is an extremely like thoughtful person because like it, it, it's funny like I, sometimes he'll text me and not even like because I called him or texted him, I'll just get a text and he'll just say, "Hey, rice cracker, sorry that, uh, sorry the kids and I haven't been at you know a swap moto race in the past couple of weeks, but we plan to be there soon and we, we love hanging." <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, well, yeah, right. But just out of the blue, I popped into his head and he sent me that text. You know, and then like, I mean, just they're so nice. I mean, even like, uh, dude, Nicole, when when uh, when my youngest daughter Megan was still in high school and playing soccer. You know, she would always like comment when I would post something of my kid playing soccer, and yeah. Know, and Nicole was a top soccer player herself back in the day. But like, dude, she came and she came to Santiago High School in Corona and watched my daughter play a game once. Just that's awesome. You know, I mean, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. But, no, uh, they're they're. A, I mean, <laughs> they're a model family. They really are. It's like it's like watch every time I'm over there, I'm looking around. And I'm like, man, this is American dream right here. These guys are awesome. Yeah, right. How about that hallway with the family portraits? <laughs> oh yeah, it's like, dude, this is this is too good. Like, are you guys? What are you guys hiding? Yeah, yeah, you know? really. But no, he's they're they're awesome. So, what do you think about Nick's kids? They're, he's just he's done for, huh? He's he's in this up. Man, they are talented. Yeah. They, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like we just talked about how awesome they are. And then the, you know, Ava is. Yeah. She's a gnarly gymnast. An, an elite, right? elite gymnast, like yeah. crazy good. She's 12, 12 or 13. She may have just turned 13, but I mean, some of the stuff that she can do is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like she could go to the Olympics. I mean, she's that good, yeah. you know? So, um, and then you have uh, Vince, who's who's like the main rider, I guess, in the family. He's he's really um, he rides well, and I always give Nick a hard time because I don't think he takes him to the track enough. But I think he's playing the long game, you know, mm-hmm. uh, making sure he's good when he's older. But um, yeah, he's he's crazy good. And then Donovan's a little athletic freak too. The guy's good at everything, and yeah. he's seven years old, and he's like five four already. The guy's massive. <laughs> yeah. 
So oh. no, those guys, they're awesome. Hey, they so uh, changing channels a little bit. Uh, I was uh, I was so I was all stoked when I saw uh, something on the Arma Instagram page where you were like giving a testimonial because I know that you know you've been taking the stuff, but I think it was like there was some gray area there or something. But then I saw you on their their Instagram. Oh, sweet! You know, AC yeah. can go on record and say he believes in Arma products and this and that. And then I find out, oh, he's a part owner now. Yeah, they want my credibility. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've been pretty excited about that whole product line, you know, cause I, obviously I'm, I'm close with Nick and, and Jeremy. Um, and so like you actually used Arma stuff all through last year, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, really it started with anything that Nick brings me to the table to, to try or to do like, I'm going to, I'm going to trust because I trust Nick. Yeah. So that's how I initially started with Arma. He, you know, he thought it was good and, um, you know, like the ingredients and also it having, you know, being informed, you know, informed having sport, the in, yeah. informed sport certification and everything that's been going on with water and stuff. That's, that's really important for me. I mean, it's, it's tough to, you know, you could take a vitamin C pill from CVS and <laughs> be done, yeah. you know, for two years. So it's, that's something that helped me sleep a lot better. And, um, yeah, I just, I really started to, you know, like I love the stuff, and I know I actually noticed a difference, and just wanted to see how I could get, I guess, more involved mm-hmm. in in bringing stuff into stuff to the table that that I enjoy, and I think makes a difference in in an athlete. And um, it kind of just, yeah, the opportunity came about to to be a, a you know a, a part owner and a partner, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a, a different territory for me. I guess I, I didn't see myself being in this spot. Um, at this point, like in my career and in my life, but it was just something that, that came up and something I was super stoked with everybody that was involved with it. And, you know, with, with McGrath and Chad and, um, Nick and, and everybody, I think the team is just, is, uh, awesome and the products are great. So yeah, I was stoked to kind of, you know, get in a room with them and, and, and put something together. And obviously it's stuff that I literally use every day. I mean, McAdoo makes fun of me for how much I, how much I drink the blitz. So <laughs> Um, no, the stuff, the stuff's unreal good. Like, have you tried the new stuff, the new blitz? I have. Yeah. You unreal. know, you know, what's funny too, is here it goes back again to what we were talking about with Nick like being so like anal and knowing everything that he needs to oh, know. Oh my God. So like yeah, I go, you know, they gave me the stuff and I try it and like, if I'm at the track riding and I'm drinking blitz, it's awesome. Right. But like if I drink blitz at home, like before I head to the mountain bike trail or something, Dude, it makes my forearm it makes my forearms tingle, right? Yeah. And I'm like yeah. I'm like talking to McGrath and I go, dude, this stuff makes my forearms tingle. It's crazy. And Jeremy looks at me and goes, What? You're crazy. And I go, dude, seriously, it like kinda cracks me out. Like not cracks me out like pre workout, yeah, but yeah. like I get all fired up and my forearms get tingly. And McGrath is like laughing at me. But then I tell it to Nick and Nick's all, Oh, it's the beta alanine and that's because of this and this <laughs> and I'm like Oh yeah, dude. The guy is a walking encyclopedia about that type right? of stuff. I, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but... I tell him he needs to be because he's so educated. He comes across as ingenuine sometimes. I'm like, dude, you gotta. <laughs> I know you know so much, but you gotta act like you know a little bit less. <laughs> but yeah. he's just he's super passionate about everything, and that's you know part of what makes him awesome. Yeah. Okay, so from your uh, from your position you know, as a new partner in Arma, like how, how is the brand doing? I know 
they had like two official launches, right? Because they announced yeah. So the we did a soft then... launch. Yeah, we did a soft launch, and then we recently just did our um, kind of the full scale deal here. This I think it was the weekend of San Diego. Mm-hmm. So just kind of getting started right now. Um, yeah, and it, it seems like it's it's you know gaining some traction for sure. I think um, obviously I don't get a weekly update, financial updates, but. I think everybody that I talk to and a, a lot of my friends, like I have a buddy, um, Chris Betts, he's a minor league baseball player, and um, I have a you know a couple other athlete buddies that I've, I've sent some product to, and and they genuinely enjoy it. So I think as long as we keep putting out good products and and you know with the ingredients that we use and the you know I, I think we have all the best labs and ingredients and we have the you know informed sports certification i think as long as we keep pushing out good stuff i think that's all we can do you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. When, when uh like are you are you branded arm anywhere on your like sticker wise yeah no no not yet i haven't really dove too much into that um yeah no i do have some cycling kits though and they're sweet <laughs> yeah and uh I was I was laughing because there was a post on our Arma this week of two cycling kits and it was like shoulders down of the guys riding, and I think uh, I think it was Nick and McAdoo were tagged. And I'm yeah, like, Dude, I'm no sure. way, that's Nick. The guy's wearing socks. Oh yeah, God, I know he got, he almost snapped on me today for I'm like, dude, what is up with the short socks? And he's like, I don't understand what you want from me. Like, you want me to wear long socks just so I can let everybody know I got tan lines and I can cycle? Like, and I'm like, nah, dude, just because it's uh, what did I say? What did I tell him? Um, I'm like, well, I, I, I always I, ask I told him. him it's like, I don't know. It, it's just like a dress code violation. Yeah, it's like wearing a full face helmet to like a trampoline park or something. <laughs> I always say, hey, hey, dude. Like um, when you cut the little furry balls off the back of those tennis socks, do you save them for the Christmas tree? <laughs> yeah, oh, I love picking on them. It's yeah. awesome. Say, so, hey, how is it training with uh, McAdoo? Like having a new guy in the fold. It's cool, man. It's it's cool to. He's obviously he's he's so different than me in terms of like what we've come from. You know, he was a late bloomer, obviously, and and kind of did it the hard way. Like went the privateer route and then the fill-in route and. He's just kind of reaching a spot where he's firmly, um, I guess, planted in the sport. Mm-hmm. And me kind of being, I mean, groomed since I was so young. and Child just, prodigy. Yeah, you know, just full child prodigy vibes. Um, yeah. It's cool to kind of see just the dynamics fun. You know, he's got a lot of enthusiasm and, man, he's a hard worker. And I always yeah. give him shit because I call him a try hard because he's just always just hammering. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just, him and Nick are the same. Their their natural their natural habitat is is like zone four, um, like just trying to absolutely just kill themselves for as long as possible. Yeah, uh, I I actually did a we did a ride a like a two hour ride today, and I did it because I I can't kind of be on my uh, road bike right now because the, the handlebar situation mm-hmm. like it's a little bit too much weight on my my collarbone, and yeah. so I rode my Levo. Mm-hmm. And the thing tops out at like 19 miles an hour, right? So oh, yeah. when, the, when I'm the when I'm on the flats or downhills, it's um it's over. And and you know McAdoo is like two miles off the front, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and him and Nick are just just hammering it out, you know. And I'm just then I go by him on the uphills, and 
flick him off. But <laughs> no, Cameron's a, he's a really good kid. He's a, he's a he's a good dude, and he he tries really hard. We have that in common where. Uh, when we get out there and we get racing, we'll like we're pretty much willing to die for it. Basically, yeah. that's the vibe, and so I respect that. And uh, he's definitely doesn't bring. You, you hate training with somebody that's like lazy or somebody that kind of just brings everybody down. And he's definitely not that. Yeah. You know, if anything, he's you know he's helping me go the other way and you know keeping me on my toes and and kind of all the aspects. Yeah, he's full, full, hundred uh, percent effort. I mean, you, can't yeah, ever, I, you can I, never I, call him lazy. Yeah, another story where we were riding in the offseason, the top track at Glen Helen because it was rained out and nobody else wanted to ride. It was just him and I. And we were doing a moto and I caught him and I, I went up the inside of him and I, I to pass him and the bottom of the turn was still a little bit like soft and wet. So I, I took the front end right in front of him and mm-hmm. like as I was going to take his line away. And so I don't remember if he crashed or just stopped. I, I guess he must have crashed, and so we picked it up at the same time, and it was a start straight right after that. He comes in wide open on the inside, like full Barsha style, and and just like remember when Barsha like tried to go for my foot peg at A one in that corner, <laughs> yeah. it's the same type of deal. And I just like jumped off the track. And I'm like, I'm not trying to get my leg broke by McAdoo in in November, <laughs> but uh, and then. Yeah, and dude, he just he we were fully just going for it, right? So I lost like five seconds there, and I'm like, no way in hell. <laughs> and you know, if I was in McAdoo's shoes at that point, I I maybe just pull off and let me buy, and then go, you know, keep going because I'm not trying to get into a match. But he's like, you know, fuck this guy, I'm yeah. going for it. And <laughs> oh man, I gave it to him so good. I've never hit somebody so hard in my life. I I bloodied his hand. It was all swollen, and I came off, and I came off, and I'm like, "Dude, he's gonna try to fight me, right?" And he's like, he gets off the track, and he's smiling ear to ear, like, "Dude, that was awesome!" And I'm like, "This guy's unreal. I'm about to kill you right now." Oh, that's uh, great. It was funny, but yeah, no, he's a good kid. Okay, so while we've been on the phone, our uh, our mad scientist buddy JC is texting me. Oh yeah, times. no, we don't need to, we don't need to talk about this. You don't want to talk about we, JC? That's secret. Oh, right. I love JC, but we don't need to talk about what JC does. This is secret. <laughs> okay, all right, we'll let that one go. Thank you. But uh, so hey, uh, uh, Fox head to toe this year. You know, you switched to the uh, to the V three helmet. Um, yep. it's probably just a little easier, huh? Having uh, having one gear guy. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And I uh, I was with Bell Helmets and, and Scott Goggles a, a long time. I mean, probably since I was 10 or 11 years old. So those guys are awesome. And um, But I was really stoked that I was able to get the opportunity to kind of go fox head to toe. It's kind of like an iconic deal for me. It's just one of those things that you've just seen, you know, RC. You've just seen those guys growing up. And mm-hmm. um, it was something I wanted to be a part of. And yeah, just having one one gear guy, like I said, and the you know the helmet and everything was was pretty smooth right off the bat. So I've been really stoked on how everything's gone so far. I, I heard that you uh, I heard that you moved up to a large. Was it like associated with being a four fifty factory rider? Your head grew a little. Yeah, I had a couple of fastest qualifiers, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? Give me the smaller cheek pads. <laughs> no, I don't know if I did. I, am I wearing a large? I, I have no idea. Yeah, I think. Well, are you are you still in a V three or have you gone to a V two like Kenny? No, I'm in the man. I don't even know what they're called. I'm in the V three, whatever the newest one is. I'm yeah, in. 
Yeah, you're in a lot. Yeah, and then we, we came out with a, a new one now that I think, man, I should know this as an employee. Well, I'm told, I'm told uh, in the new V3, you're going to be a medium again. Because I think I saw your really? Well, I'm in the new V3, I think. It's lighter. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's money. Okay. Things awesome. <laughs> it's like a glove. So uh, do you have much say in the kits that you end up wearing, or do they just deliver them to you? <clears throat> no, well, so they send me, for example, like one of the designers, Clay, mm-hmm. and, and Austin Hoover as well. They sent me um, like my the layout for the year of all the different kits. This mm-hmm. had to be in October. And then I kind of put my input in as to what kits I want to wear more than once or um, and then sometimes there's like a special kit we can collab on and we can shoot back and forth on ideas. But they pretty much have everything laid out um, by the time November rolls around. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, you know, it was a, I think it was kind of a production, uh, like a production hiccup or possibly because that damn coronavirus. But, you know, that, uh, that kind of like retro looking kit that you guys ran as a, as a uh, limited edition, I think normally, yeah. I think normally, you know, just like with A stars, when they make a special boot, they sell it as a Tech Seven, but they make the pros Tech Tens. I think right. uh, you probably would have had Flex Air version of that uh, black and orange stuff made, but you ended up. I actually the... was wearing that. I was wearing the Flex Air version of the black and orange stuff at Arlington when I weeded myself. Okay, but before that, the week that they. Uh, yeah, debuted it. Yeah. I mean, that says a lot about the 180 stuff. Is that you raced in it? You know? Yeah. No, yeah. that's I. I wear the 180 stuff a lot of the time on practicing. Like I, I think it's it's cool. It's like it's durable stuff too. It's not like you put it in the wash twice. And you know, I've had that kind of stuff in the past too, where you just you know you get the cheap version of the gear and you wear it twice, and it's you know the uh, the pipe is burned a hole through it and all that stuff. It's it's one of the things I've loved about Fox since I started wearing them. And I think 2016 is like the stuff's quality across the board. You know, mm-hmm. I think like the flex airs, the high end clearly. Yeah. But even their, their lower end stuff is still, you know, quality. Yeah. 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 Hey, are you wearing the, uh, Oh God, I can't think of the name of it, but the chest protector that's got the, uh, the foam on the back. Yeah. The, the orange foam. Yeah. That thing is awesome. Oh, it's so good. It's lightweight. It's nice. You know what I like about it is you put it on and, uh, you know, when you pull out your gear bag, it's kind of stiff, but as your body heats it up, that thing on the back, gets really soft and it's, uh, it's real comfortable. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's comfy. So, wow. Wow. What's that thing called? I, I, I think it's awesome. It's the best chest protector ever made in my opinion. Wow, it's big statements. Uh, race frame, race frame. That's what it's called. Race frame. That's what you're it's called. you're running the race frame, impact soft back. Yeah, but, it's been a struggle for me to find a chest protector that I like, like over the course of my entire career, and this is the first one where I've like just absolutely loved every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when you? I think is is like the second or third shoulder injury you had, and I came out to. Where was I? I was at Alden's place when you're still with Alden, and. <laughs> Yeah, you were wearing some chest protector under your jersey and it, like, oh, had shoulder wearing, cups. Was, yeah, it was just the operation. Uh, don't get hurt was going down. <laughs> it's full on. Was it like cut the, somewhere between needing to go really fast and still trying to learn how to ride supercross? So yeah, need some extra padding. Dude, you look 
super burly. It was, nice. uh, I think it, it might've been one of those like jacket ones, huh? That had the arms. And it the was, arms. it was a, it was an, uh, Alpine star full, full on, like, uh, I, I'm trying to think like a, like something street bike Tommy would wear or something. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I sent you a picture and you're like, don't, don't put that up anywhere. I look. Yeah, please God. Don't. <laughs> I remember I was number 50. I, I remember the, I remember the day well. Yeah. Well, hey, AC, man, I, uh, thanks for uh, sharing an hour of your day with us here. Um, of course. I, uh, I you told me it was only going to be 15 minutes. Did I? Fine. I don't know. No, no you didn't. You're Come good. on. But, uh, man, certainly wish you uh, quick healing and, and thorough. And uh, I saw that you put on your Instagram that you're hoping to make it to Seattle. So I'm excited, yes, to, uh, excited to see you there. And uh, thank you. Waiting for that W, buddy. Hell yeah, let's do it. Because uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I remember back in the days when you were throwing toolboxes at Paris and stuff. So it'd be nice. Oh, geez, here we go again. <laughs> Never happened. Fake news. Fake news. Fake Twitter <laughs> news, right? Yeah. All right. Kill them. Well, hey man, thanks again for the time. And uh, well, maybe I'll see you around SoCal somewhere. But if not, I will see you in Seattle. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Later.